Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we just ask in the precious name of Jesus that your precious Holy Spirit would be here to lead and guide and to protect. Lead us into all truth. Help us, Lord God, to hear your voice this morning. Help us to see your word. Help us to see our purpose and our destiny. Help us, Lord, to embrace the fact that you want us to be ever transforming into your likeness and into your image, that we might shine your glory and that it's the work of the Holy Spirit as we bow our hearts and bow our minds to you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your precious name. Now, let me ask a question. Does anybody know the difference between sight and vision? Sight and vision. Anybody? The difference between sight and vision is perception. Many years ago, I uh, had an accident in my eye. Uh, I was being romantic. I took Teresa, my wife, out before when I came back from Sydney. Took her out to a creek. It was a full moon. I even asked Greg, her boss, if I could have the day off for her so I could spend the next day with her. Took her out. We were going to cook marshmallows on a little fire. And I bent this stick down and chopped it. But I stood on the wrong end because I'd just driven back from Sydney. It flicked up and hit me in the eye. I couldn't see anything for blood in my eye. I had a high femur, so I had a level of blood in my eye. And, you know, my dad used to take me down the river, myself and my two younger brothers. I was always a good shot. I could hit anything. Pretty much I could throw a fair distance. At that point in time, because my eye wasn't working properly and I actually had a, a curve or a, a, um, a bleed on my retina, Things seemed to be curved and I was way off. Even reaching with a spanner to undo things, I'd missed the mark. Even just trying to lob something in a rubbish bin, I'd missed the mark. I, didn't ha I had sight. I thought I had vision, but I didn't have the perception. I couldn't see, I couldn't gauge the depth of how far away things are. You know, sometimes we see Jesus. Sometimes we see the kingdom of God. Sometimes we think we have vision, but without vision... Sorry, without perception, we can't have vision. We can't gauge the breadth or the depth of what God wants to do in our lives. Jesus was transfigured. Sorry, waiting for this thing to work again. Unveiled face. You know, part of this verse says, and all of us with our unveiled faces... We need to uncover our faces and let people see the glory of, of the Lord. We need to uncover our faces and be in that place where we can be in the presence of God. Jesus was transfigured on the mount in Matthew 17 and the Bible says his face shone like the sun. Moses, even in Exodus 34, when he came down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, his face shone. He was there in God's presence for 40 days and 40 nights. His face shone so much that the people around him were terrified. He read out the Ten Commandments. He gave them the commands or the marriage proposal that God had given him, that they would be his people forever. And as he did, or after he'd finished, he had to cover his face with a veil. And we read on in Exodus 34 that every time Moses wanted to talk to the people, he'd have to cover his face with a veil because he was terrified. But every time he went into the presence of the Lord he would uncover his face to be in the presence of the Lord and his face shone. My question is, what is the veil that keeps us from God's presence today and in turn keeps us or keeps others from seeing God's glory 
on our faces. Maybe it's our emotions. Do we look to our emotions to tell us how we're going to live the day? We'll be happy, we'll be sad. You know, the wonderful world of technology, we even have icons these days. We can look to our icons, sorry, not our icons, we can look to our emoticons to tell us how do we feel today. Who sends a text and put an emoticon at the end of it? Today I'm really happy. Happy face. Send. Yep. Today I'm feeling a bit indifferent. Yeah, he looks indifferent. Yep, that's how I feel today. Send. Today, somebody cut me off. Wouldn't be Pastor James, would it? Somebody cut me off. Pastor James is always talking about people cutting him off. I'm feeling angry. We'll put that emoticon on there and we'll send that one. Today, I'm really, really, really stressed out and, yep, I'm looking to my emoticons. Do we look to our emotions, our emotional baggage to tell us how to live from day to day? You remember, some of you older Christians might remember the original emoticon, smile, Jesus loves you. Every time I see an emoticon, I keep going back to this sticker that I used to get as a kid, smile, Jesus loves you. And Ecclesiastes 1 verse 8 says, Wisdom makes, the fa- makes one's face shine and the hardness of one's countenance is changed. To know him, to love him, to go to him, to shine his glory in our faces. What would it take? What's the veil that keeps us from doing that? You know, there might be another veil. Our DNA. Oops, that's gone the wrong way. Our DNA. You know, the TV program, Who Do You Think You Are? Ancestry.com. You know, we see many great actors or many famous people that they go back in their history to find out their roots. They go back in their history to find out who their ancestors were. And quite often we can do that. We can look back to our heritage. We can look back to our family history. And we look for the way to live our lives. We look for the way that we should be in our ancestry. Well, many of you discover your convict ancestry. Isn't that exciting? Doesn't that make you feel wonderful about yourself? Petty thief, criminal. Do we look to our ancestry? Do we look to our ancestors for our heritage? Where are we looking? What image are we reflecting? Where are we looking to gain our self-image that we might reflect who we are? There's a better family tree, of course. Are we locked into our DNA? Are we living by pattern or are we living by a purpose? Are we living through paralysis, just doing not much because of who we are or where we come from? Or are we living a lives of perception that God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for our lives? We're not locked into that. Jesus said, here's your family tree. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever remains in me, sorry, whoever remains in me and with me in him bears much fruit or bears fruit in plenty. For cut off from me, you can do nothing. Who thinks that's a better family tree than being a convict? Who thinks that's a better family tree than a petty thief or a criminal? shoved on a boat and sent wherever. 
You know, we can look back, thank God for our heritage sometimes. Put your hand up if you're a pastor's kid here this morning. I'm a pastor's kid. I know there's a few pastor's kids. There's two more. You know, I have Dale, God bless you. Kerry, any more? Jeffrey? You know, we have such a heritage. God has given us a wonderful heritage in parents who followed the Word of God and parents who preached the Word of God. There are many people, many, many people who have got a bad heritage. Their parents split up and left. They don't know who their parents are. Their parents were angry. Even their grandfather and their great-grandfather, maybe something happened there. If we look to that to tell us who we are, we're heading down the wrong path. We're climbing the wrong tree. We're living the wrong life. We're living life by pattern and paralysis, not by purpose and destiny. Number two, being transformed into his image. And all of us are being transformed into the image that we reflect. Romans 12.2 says this, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed through what? The renewing of your mind. Not the old history, not the emotions, not the baggage that comes with those things sometimes, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. That word transformed is the word metamorphosis. I love this word. Metamorphosis. Meta means to change. Morph means form. And osis is a process of. So do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be changed. Change your form through a process of the renewing of your mind. This is what this verse means. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be changed into the form of Christ through the process of the renewing of your mind. Now, when you think of metamorphosis, what do you think of? A wonderful butterfly. I could tell you a nice story about a butterfly and a caterpillar and a cocoon, but that's pretty boring, I think, because you know the end. Let me tell you a story about metamorphosis that maybe many of you don't know, because I think butterflies are a little bit predictable and a bit boring. Does anybody know what this little creature is? A tick? No, it's not a tick. Does it live in your hair or your body? No, it doesn't. Sorry? Anteater? We call them ant lions here. Some of you, most of you should have these in your backyard. I used to play with these as kids. They build a little sand trap for ants. Anybody's lights coming on? Anybody seen these? You know, when I was in the Philippines, I was talking about this little guy. And I went in Pastor Margaret's or Mum Margaret's um, bomb shelter underneath and I found these guys in there. So I put them in a little sandwich bag and when I was talking to the children and even preaching about it at church that Sunday, all the men recognised them. They said that they played with them when they were little boys. They build a little sand trap. They last, now here's the interesting thing, they last for about two or three years. This is only the pupa stage. This is only the childlike stage. Because I used to think that ant lions lived, they were born, they lived and they died as ant lions, but they don't. They change into something else. Does anybody know what they change into? Anybody? I only found this out a couple of years ago. They change into a lacewing. 
their life cycle. The eggs get laid in the ground. The larva is only this stage that I thought that was its life. After about two or three years, now here's the interesting thing, depending on the availability of the food source, it might take two years. If there's not much food around, if they don't put their trap or they don't build their house in the right place, it might take three, nearly three and a half years for this stage to complete because it's only when they're big enough or complete enough or mature enough in this stage that they will actually spin a cocoon in the dirt about two or three centimetres underneath. They'll spin a cocoon and for about a month this, they go through this process of metamorphosis. They change. Then they came, come out as a lacewing, or not a lacewing moth, but a lacewing. They climb up onto something. I've seen a little video. I didn't have time to put it on. A, a little YouTube video. If you want to search Google YouTube, you can see some amazing stuff on there. But then their wings develop and for about five or six weeks, they last another five or six weeks and their sole purpose in life is to reproduce themselves, to find a mate and reproduce themselves. The females lay about 200 eggs in the sand. The whole process begins again and again and again. Now watch out for these little fellas because they usually eat pollen or plants, but sometimes they'll sting you. You can tell the difference with them. Their little antenna is clubbed. Now, in the pupa stage or in the childlike stage, in that little funnel, an ant will come along. They build a little trap. They undermine this little place, and they sit in the bottom with their pincers open. When an ant falls in, it starts flicking sand. You might have noticed, and I used to play with them as kids with a little piece of grass. You'd flick a little bit of sand in. They'd be right at the bottom of the funnel, and they'd flick, 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 and then you'd find out where their back was, you'd find out which way they were pointing and you'd dig behind them and dig them out. Now they're called doodle bugs because when they search for a place to build, they make little scrawly lines in the sand. But when they do catch an ant, they grab them with their pincers and they paralyze them. They firstly inject venom into them. They're, those um, little pincers are um, hollow. They inject venom into them, paralyzing their prey. And then, this is a bit gory, they suck the life out of them. When they're finished, of course, they just flick them out of the house and wait for another one to come. So that's the ant lion. But the interesting thing is that if they don't have enough food source, they'll stay in this childlike state for longer than what they should. You know, the Bible tells us to build our house on the rock and not on the sand. Who or what do we get our self-image from? Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Are we growing in him as the source or are we grafted onto the life of another believer? Do we see him as our source? Do we depend on him for everything? Or are we grafted onto the life of another believer? See, Jesus wants us to, the Bible tells us to grow up into Christ who is the head. Are we plugged into Jesus or are we plugged into another believer being a pastor's son i've observed this many times being in different places my dad is the district superintendent here for many many years church splits and home churches that break away are usually connected to a person and not to jesus when the mother duck gets offended because there's lots of mother ducks in different churches the mother duck connects people to herself when the mother duck gets offended the mother duck walks and all the little ducks walk with her. 
depends whether it's planted or whether it's just somebody just went and wasn't sent. You know, Psalm 1, 1 to 3 says this, Blessed is the man, remember the little ant line, if it places itself in the right place, it will only last in this lava stage a short time. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or in the seat of mockers or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. You know, the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he might devour, looking for easy prey. When an individual splits off from the herd and that's what the lions wait for, guess what they become? Easy prey. Out from under the covering, out from under the unity, out from under the authority of the herd, God operates on this earth through delegated authority. Jesus came not in his own authority. Remember the centurion said to him, I am also a man under authority. I recognize your authority, Jesus. I recognize that you operate and you are here only under the authority of your Father. Psalm 127 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, its laborers build in vain, or its laborers labor in vain. What is the difference between planting and splitting a church? When there is a seed that is nurtured and then released and planted in fertile ground and a brand new tree grows and produces fruit, it doesn't fall too far from the covering of the tree. Sent and not just went. Then there is the branch, that's the planted church. Then there is the branch with its own agenda, does not like the direction the tree is growing in and so it splits itself off, leaving a wound behind and plants itself as far away from the covering of the tree as it possibly can. Time will tell. And if it does stand for any length of time, there will always be, it's a process or it's the principle of sowing and reaping, there will always come another fragmentation and division from within that will leave behind a greater wound than the first one. That's the principle of sowing and reaping. God wants us to mature. He wants us to be plugged in, not to other believers. He wants us to be plugged in to Jesus as our source. When Jesus is our source, then as we're transforming or being transformed into his image, his glory can shine from within us and others will be attracted to it. Others can sit in his presence from the presence of the Lord that we've been sitting in. Number three in this verse like mirrors reflecting the glory of the Lord in brighter and brighter glory. We're meant to be transformed, continual forward motion, and reflect His glory, not just in a brightness, but in ever-increasing brightness. 2 Corinthians 5.17, So for anyone who is in Christ, there is a new creation. The old order is gone, and there is a new being there to see. That's again from the New Jerusalem Bible. 2 Corinthians 5.17, a new creation, a new being there for everyone to see. So what or who are we reflecting? Is it just, are we reflecting the glory of God or is it just smoke and mirrors? 
We put on a good show when somebody's looking. We put on a good show when it matters. Or are we veiled, covered or guarded? Being transformed from glory to glory speaks of a continual forward motion and development. The antlion digs backwards, it moves backwards, it digs its house, it lives a life. It's also called, I think in Spain, the backward walking bull. Its whole life is in reverse. However, and the only time that it moves forward is to trap its prey and to suck the life out of it. The lacewing, however, flies forward, it walks forward, it's a totally different stage, it's mature and it's complete. 2 Corinthians 4.6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Are we reflecting the angel of light or are we reflecting the father of lights are we reflecting jesus the son because you know when we reflect jesus the son who knows anything about light bulbs the higher the resistance the greater the glow when we're plugged into jesus the greater the adversity the greater the, gl the glow the greater the resistance the greater the things that come up upon us the greater the glow being transformed from glory to glory are we living by pattern or are we living a purpose? Are we living paralyzed or are we living the perception that God gave us that we would grow and that we would develop? Number four, the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the working of the Lord who is the Spirit. Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, who do not walk after the flesh, who do not walk in step with the flesh, who do not walk controlled by the flesh, who do not walk with the mind of the flesh, but who walk according to, in step with, controlled by, with the mind of, the Spirit, works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit. So you can remember these C's, commitment to change, capacity to change and courage to change. Are we living by pattern or paralysis or are we living by purpose and perception? work of the flesh and the work of the spirit see the difference between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit is the works of the flesh actually as a grinding motion it's it takes work it takes it's all over the place but the fruit of the spirit when we're plugged into jesus happens naturally when we've got jesus life flowing through our veins or through our our bodies or through our faces his glory then the fruit of the Spirit will just happen. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The work of the Spirit, it takes a commitment to change, there's a capacity to change, and it takes courage to change. We're living by pattern or purpose, 
Are we living by paralysis or perception? Patterns, paralysis, purpose or perception? Can I have the singers and musicians, please, Kate? If we're living by patterns, then our old habits need changing. Our DNA, not if we're looking to our DNA or our heritage or our family problems, then we need transforming. Old habits and old patterns need transforming. Transforming into God's image, not into the pattern or not just living in paralysis through the pattern of this world. We need to live in God's purpose. God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a direction for us. That plan, purpose and direction, remember, is that we might shine the glory of God in our faces, in our lives, that others might come and know Him, that we might reproduce ourselves. It's, it's that simple. God's purpose is that we might shine His glory and reproduce ourselves in others. His purpose is to be mature and not lacking anything so that others around us might also become transformed and changed into His image and into His likeness. If we're living by paralysis, we stop moving forward, we become paralyzed and paralysis will keep us from our destiny. Without a vision, the people perish or without a vision, people are paralyzed and perish. That's Proverbs 29, 18. The difference between sight and vision is perception. Perception. Perception will see our function as a means to an end. That the end being complete and mature, not lacking anything, recreating new life in God's kingdom. And all of us with our unveiled faces like mirrors reflecting the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the image that we reflect in brighter and brighter glory. This is the working of the Lord who is the Spirit. Let's unveil our face. Let's be transformed into His image. Let's reflect His glory not just a little bit, but an ever-increasing brightness. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit as we walk according to the Spirit, as we walk in step with the Spirit, as we walk and have the mind of the Spirit, as we walk by the control of the Spirit. What is our life like? Do we look to emotions? Do we look to our DNA? Or do we look to the Lord for His purpose? He wants us to be transformed into the image of Christ, His Son. Would you bow your heads with me this morning, please? With every, eye bow, every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anyone here this morning you don't know what it is to have that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, the fruit of the Spirit? You don't know what it is to have a purpose in life. You don't yet know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Is there anyone this morning, while every eye is closed, that would just indicate with your hand up, I want to know Jesus. I want to have a purpose in life. I see others around me shining the glory of the Lord, and they're happy. They have a purpose in life, but I don't seem to. 
there anyone this morning while every eye is closed you just raise your hand and say i'd like to know jesus this morning anybody bless you little guys anybody else thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord jesus maybe you're here this morning your family history is well it's just petty criminal convict that's all you've got to look forward to there's nothing special or nothing fancy in your in your history where are you looking are you looking to your emotions are you looking to that fix for the day that little bit of happiness the next coffee the next meal the next whatever or are you looking to the lord you know this morning i believe there's many god is a generational god many times in the bible we read about the punishment of the lord going to the third and the fourth generation god said i am the god of abraham isaac and jacob he's the god of generations and i believe this morning some there may be some people here this morning you've got nothing to look forward to in your family history or nothing to look back you know the bible says i do not look back i leave everything behind but i look forward i strain towards the mark to go to the, for the goal or for the purpose that christ has placed in me that i might reach heavenward maybe this morning that family history is in tatters you've got nothing to almost as a foundation and i believe this morning that the lord wants us to be transformed he wants us to start, say this is enough the generations that come after me my children and my children's children are going to have a purpose in god they're going to have a destiny in god they're going to have a plan in god because everything that before is in tatters everything that before is no good but i'm going to make a stand this morning and i'm going to say from here on in i'm going to teach my kids the way of the lord i'm going to teach my kids how to honor the glory of the lord i'm going to teach my kids and my children's children to the third and fourth generation i'm going to show them god's glory if that's you this morning you want to make a break with the past and your family history with your emotional state whatever i'd like you to stand to your feet i want to pray with you this morning anybody this morning you want to make a break from the past in your history you're saying today just stand up and we'll all pray together today i've had enough and i'm going to show my kids and my children's children what it is to be a child of god what it is to be transformed into the image of god i'm going to wait a moment is there anybody else today is the end of this generation today is the big new beginning of a new generation thank you jesus let's pray father god we stand before you this morning no more living or looking to the past no more looking to that broken heritage that we come from no more looking to our broken lives or to the the decisions that we made our emotions our our state of mind but lord we make a declaration that today today is a new beginning today is the beginning of a new generation in my life my children are going to see the glory of god 
My children are going to know what it is to honour God. My children are going to know what it is to in turn themselves shine the light of God, be transformed and then again reproduce that in their children and their children's children. Lord, we make a stand, we make a declaration this morning that from today on, new beginning, a new generation, a new people of God in our family, a new life, new purpose, new destiny. We're tired, Lord, of the patterns and the paralysis that we've lived and we come from. Lord, we want to see your purpose. We want to see, we want to look through your perception, through your eyes, see your vision for our lives and for your kingdom. Father, we just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For those standing, I want you to see, have perception. I want you to see the vision of your children and your children's children honoring God, shining His glory in their lives, in their faces, and in their children. Perception, perception, vision of them having purpose and purpose in your own life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand as we sing this closing song. Thank you, Kate. Just a devotion part was saying how easily when the circumstances come around, we forget all the wonderful things God has done to us and we look at those circumstances and where are we? We need to be looking to, to, to God. Praise is always on our lips. I don't think we quite comprehend how powerful praise on our lips is. It's such a powerful thing for us to, to be transformed. It's when we have that attitude of praise no matter what we know what God has done for us. It's an, an exciting thought that Jesus doesn't want us where we are today. You know, he doesn't mind us being where we are today. We can be uh, doing really good or we can be doing really bad. That's okay, but God doesn't want us to stay there. We need to be continually like that little bug, whatever it was called, transforming ourselves, feeding on it so that we're going to do all right. It's exciting. It can be hard, but it's exciting, isn't it? To living a life with Christ. Amen. Hey, have a great week. And uh, don't forget, catch up with someone before you go home if you've got time. And uh, uh, just take part in our small morning tea. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs>